0: This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. How are you guys doing today? We doing good? Man, this was such an exciting thing, because if you really don't know what speed the light is, it's really, you're speeding the light, right? You're, you're expanding the ministries of our missionaries, and you're, you're providing things that that not only would just give them practical things, but, you know, gives them vehicles or equipment or something like that. So you're really speeding their light. You're giving out of your generosity that expands God, God's mission around the world. So you guys, thank you so much for that. And, and like Pastor Kevin said, I am Pastor David Charles Sasser. And those that, all my names currently. Um, <laughs> If you want more of the story, you can talk to me later. But yes, I'm here to, again, talk about our uh, series called Anchored. Everyone say, Anchored? Anchored. All right. So we're good. We're on the same page. We are anchored. The theme of the the sermon series is storms are inevitable, and we all need an anchor. When storms come, we look for anything that can bring us comfort, safety, security, and stability. But the ultimate anchor is Jesus right? When storms come, we really do look for anything to provide us that stability and the comfort and all those things. But really, the only thing that can provide us that security and stability and comfort is Jesus. So we want to talk about this, this anchor, and his name is Jesus, right? We're, we're taking our anchor, and we're really, we're holding strong into the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And I wanna make sure to set the stage for this because I don't want you to, to misunderstand what this series is about because we've talked about hope and finances, we've talked about uh, our soul power, and, but I, I don't want you to anchor your life to those things. I want you to anchor your hope. To Jesus I want you to anchor your finances to Jesus I want you to anchor the soul power the power that he has given you in your soul that to Jesus so everything we're talking about we're not talking about anchoring to those things we're talking about taking those things and anchoring them to Jesus so we're talking about preparing for the storm because storms the storms in life are inevitable but our preparation is optional. You do not have to prepare for the storm. You can let storms come and overwhelm you, and, and disaster just happens in your life. But if you're taking the steps to prepare for those storms, then you will be in safe harbor. You will be anchored to Jesus. You will be safe and secure. So in another way of preparing for the storms today, I want to bring you a topic that was given to me by Pastor Kevin, but man, it's just really near and dear to my heart. And this, this topic is about relationships. So today we're gonna to be talking about relationships that are anchored to Jesus, anchoring our relationships to Jesus. And I wanna make sure that the order of that is correct, that we are anchoring our relationships to Jesus. Stole this, uh, this saying from Rich Wilkinson Wilkins, sorry Wilkerson Jr., I'm trying to say Wilkinson, but it's Wilkerson Jr., stole this saying from him, and this really encapsulates what we're talking about today in this sermon. And it says, your alignment determines your assignment. Your alignment, who you align with, who you're in the relationship with, determines Your assignment. Another way to put it is who you are aligned with or in relationship with will determine what you can do with your life. Who you are in in relationship has a direct correlation to what you will do and what you can do with the rest of your life. Has anyone heard of Helen Keller before? Maybe some of the younger people, you've heard about her in school. She's, She's long past, but she was an amazing speaker and writer. She was, she's one of the heroes of the past. But did you know that Helen Keller was both blind and deaf? She was a speaker and a writer, but she was blind and deaf. What, what accomplishments that she had in her life, regardless of the storms that came when she was a child. But the only way she achieved what she achieved was through a relationship with her friend, Ann Sullivan. Because Ann Sullivan, when when Helen was a, a young girl, Ann stepped in and taught her how to read and how to write and how to speak. Could you imagine not being able to hear somebody's voice, but you learn how to speak? Could you imagine not being able to see words written, but you learn how to write and you learn how to read? And you take those things and you become someone that not only can just do those things, but do those things so well that your name is still remembered throughout history. What Her saying, Helen Keller's saying, was, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. I I can't think of a kind of a more recent, famous person that would speak to this topic of not doing things alone better than Helen Keller. But in Paul, but in Paul, but Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians he, he, he gives us a warning. He's talking to his, his church in Corinth, and he gives us a warning. And I, this, this scripture that I'm kind of basing this sermon off of can have a negative connotation to it. But I want you to understand that with every negative, there is a positive, right? There's two sides to everything. So this, this scripture, this passage, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, who you're hanging out with, who you're living your life with, can corrupt your good character. C- character in this uh, passage actually means habits and morals. Habits and morals. It's the things that you repeatedly do, or morals, the things that you are, the things that you believe deep down inside of you. These, this bad company can corrupt what you believe and it can corrupt what you do it changes who you are to the core but this can be good and bad right you can have that bad company that corrupts you to your core but you can have relationships that are anchored to jesus that can help you become something so much more and not just you but the church and, and spread the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ further because God, God didn't design us to live life alone. He didn't design us to live life alone. I want to I explain something today, the, the difference between a friend and someone you're in relationship with. I want to I just set kind of a baseline. Someone you, you are friends with, they're, they're just friends. There's, it's very surface level. Okay, there, there are people that I'm friends with uh, that I haven't seen for years, that I haven't even contacted in a while. But we're still friends, but we are not in relationship. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you're, you're contacting them. You're, in, you're, you're face-to-face. You're doing things together. You're, you're speaking into each other's lives. There is depth to relationship where friendships are more surface, okay? So we're not talking about the surface level conversations or times that you hang out with people. We're talking about relationships that would go deep and have meaning and purpose. So I just wanted to make sure you guys, when I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking about that deep, deep type of friendship. God is a God of relationship. He has been from the very beginning of time. From the very beginning of the Bible, God created man, and then created all of these animals, created all this beauty around him, but said, man, it's just not good for man to be alone. So he created woman, and Adam had Eve. And they together started multiplying all over the world. And then all throughout the Bible, you see these stories of these magnificent people of God changing the world for God, doing things that are incredible and miraculous. Moses parted the Red Sea, got the Israelites into safety and security. He had Aaron. David, the King David, had Jonathan. Jesus had the disciples. The disciples had each other. And that's kind of where we're at. The disciples had each other. We are disciples, and right now we have each other. That's who we rely on, right? It very, very personally, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, that's who we have is each other. But the one thing all of these people had in common was Jesus. There was this core purpose and reason that they, that they served together and his name was Jesus. So in relationship, I'm talking about this relationship that has this core that is Jesus Christ. Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on direction? Can two people walk together? Can you be in relationship with somebody without agreeing on the same direction? No, you're gonna split off. You're gonna live two different lives. You very much have to have that reason and that purpose and be missional together. Relationships that are anchored in Jesus will reflect the character of Jesus. If you allow your relationships to be centered and focused on Jesus, then you will start looking like Jesus. Your friends are going to start looking like Jesus. Our church is going to start looking a lot more like Jesus. Jesus. And we're going to start changing people's lives. Why? Because we live for one another. We live in grace and mercy and love. We have forgiveness and we treat each other and and we give mercy and we receive mercy. There's these characteristics, these aspects of Jesus, that when we're truly living in a God-centered relationship, that we don't... We don't only get to receive, but we get to give as well. But you have to have the right people. You have to have the right people, because bad company corrupts good character. So if I was to take a boat across the ocean, I, I'm not a sailor, I don't do boats, I'm not scared of them, I just have never really had experiences on boats, except Jeremiah's margarine tub. That he used to call a boat. He's upgraded since then, so I'll go out with him now, but it was a little sketchy before. But uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm taking a vessel and I'm gonna go across the Pacific Ocean, I have no idea what I'm doing. I do not know what to prepare for, I do not, not know what to take with me, I do not know what to do to prepare for the storms that will come. So what am I going to do? I'm going to hire somebody or ask somebody to join me on my voyage. I'm going to go, dude, Jeremiah, you got to come with me. And whoever else has ever owned a boat, you're welcome to come because I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't want to sink that ship. I don't want the storms that will come to defeat me because I don't want to just make it I want to thrive through the journey. And I want my destination, I want my, when I pull into port, I don't want half the crew to be on the boat, beaten and battered. I want to live a life of relationship that reflects Jesus Christ and his character. I want to stack my relational deck In a way that sets my life Up for spiritual success Because relationships Are very much, they're physical Right, that you can have all of these Feelings, but relationships are Very, very much spiritual There's a spiritual aspect Especially when you're in a relationship with somebody that, That your core mission And the core unifying factor Is Jesus Christ There's a spiritual Factor that you cannot Deny, and when you're in a spiritual relationship with somebody, you have a support team, you have a prayer team, you have somebody that's going to speak life over you, you're going to have somebody that's going to speak truth into you, you're going to have somebody that looks to your future and looks over your past, just like Jesus does, because we have that character of Jesus. Charles Spurgeon wrote, choose the best friends you can and then follow them no further than they follow Christ. Man, that's a powerful statement. I I think Charles Spurgeon should have been in the Bible. I'm just saying. He He was born in the wrong century. This statement packs the power. If you are not, if you're following somebody and they're not on the right course, if they're off the path of Christ, Man, you you got to get off that path of following that person. you got to understand that your relationships, who you're in relationships, there has to be a limit. You have to limit how far you're going to go off course. And I, and I warn you, don't go far. Because one bad decision will just lead to another. And you're going to be so off course Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am in Christ. Be imitators of me as I am in Christ. On the other hand, don't imitate me if I'm not acting like Christ. If I'm not acting like Christ, do not listen to me. Don't follow me. Do not click like on my Facebook posts. Paul didn't have Facebook. You guys are silly. <laughs> we have to set our relational limits. Our, our friends that are not Christians, I want you guys to listen, our friends that are not believers in Christ, they're very much a mission field. There's a purpose. I, I'm not saying don't have friendships and relationships with people that are non-believers because Christ has given us a mission to seek and to save the lost. So every time you meet with that person for coffee, or you're watching the game together, man, you gotta think, mission field, mission field. What am I gonna say? How am I gonna reflect Jesus to this person? Man, because I want that deep relationship with them. I want a Christ-centered relationship with these people. But you gotta get them on the boat. You gotta get them on your journey. You gotta be on the same path moving forward. Because bad company corrupts good character. That's the warning. Bad company corrupts good character. I I wanna bring three points today. And hopefully I can get through them quickly to get you guys out of the building before like noon. Um The first one, I I did a little play off of words. Has anyone ever broken up with somebody before? Has anyone ever uttered the word "words"? It's not you, it's me. Has anyone said that before? I'm sure you've seen it in movies and stuff. But that's that's. It's not you, it's me. We're starting to prepare ourselves for the storms. I want to look at you as an individual first. I've already looked at me, trust me, God's already done this in me as I prepare for this message. So today we're gonna focus on you. We can talk about me a little bit. I usually do. (laughs) But relationships are difficult. I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Relationships are difficult, they require work, and people can suck. Right? I'm sorry. I, I just said that. It's all recorded. Right? You can access this. Show your friends. Look what he said. People can suck. But can I tell you that you're not excluded from that? And I'll take ownership. God, God's already shown me a lot of areas where I suck. So <laughs> we're, like I said, we're not going to talk about me. We're talking about you and how you suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suck. <laughs> I want to look at getting past those, those pains and those hurts of the past, and I want to prepare you for deeper relationships. How many of us can honestly say we would love deeper relationships? Raise your hand. P- participate today. If you want a deeper relationship, raise both hands. I would say 90% of everyone in this room, if you guys are online, put it in the comments. Don't raise your hand, that's weird. (laughs) You want somebody to pray with, you want somebody to spend time with, you want somebody to share your deepest thoughts with, you want somebody to add something to your life, right? You want somebody to call out the best Person that you could be But can I ask you A question because we're talking about You not we're not talking about How much you suck right now we're talking about You In relationships How many Of you could Choose to be the giver of those Things how many People could choose to be the one That listens without saying Anything or without judging Somebody's heart or motive how many of you could pray for somebody because they just shared with you something that's so near and dear to their heart, something that their, their life, that, that their person is just dealing with and they're hurting and broken. How many people can step into a relationship honestly? Because it's so much easier to blame somebody else for the lack of your relationship. It's so much easier to blame. It's somebody else's fault. But can I tell you, if you continue to have broken relationships, there is one common denominator in that equation, and it's you. And I'm not saying that you're doing everything wrong, but I'm, I am saying that you're probably doing some things wrong. So I want to look at how we can do this better. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a, sp- a plank in your eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. How many of you have ever thought that you might be the biggest issue in your relationships? because you can't see right, because you got this big plank, because you have these hurts and pains of the past that are stopping you. Maybe you're insecure. Maybe you have doubts. Maybe, maybe you don't really think that you're good enough to even have relationships. Those are all lies because God defines us. We live under the definition of what God calls us to be and tells us to be. You are worth it. You are important. And God has designed us all for community and relationships. Because when we realize that these Christ-centered relationships are so important, it starts with us. It starts with you. You have to recognize the need for relationships, not just for you, but for others as well. It's not just about you. It's about others. It's about Jesus. It goes beyond your insecurities. It goes beyond your hurts and your pains. It's not just for you but others. You also need to realign your perspective. Realigning your perspective gives you a whole new view of the people around you. You need to take action and reach to people because God always expects us to take the first step. That's why I wanted to bring this, and and it could be hard and and a little bit painful to look inside yourself and go, what what is my responsibility in this? So let's shift away from me and let's get to we. Because I, I wanna talk about the reason behind relationship. And we hit on it just a little bit at the beginning, but the next point is unified in mission. Because the the biggest point of relationship is not just to have fun. The biggest point of relationship is not just to have somebody to talk to. The biggest thing in relationships is so we can unite on the mission of God. Be united in the mission of God. Psalm 133.1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. They sit in unity. Dwelling means you stay there. You don't just come together and break apart and go your separate ways and do whatever you want. You come and you dwell in this unity. You are stuck together. We are on mission together. Had some car troubles with uh, my daughter Shaylee's car recently, and we still are on the journey of figuring out exactly what's wrong with it. It's been like two months. It's a bit ridiculous, but there are certain things that an engine takes to run. I, I don't know if you know this, but there's four very specific things that it takes any engine to run. You have to have fuel. You have to have spark. You have to have this amazing thing called air. And then you have to combine those things and have compression. All of those things combined into a compression chamber so then it explodes and everything starts working and running. And that's just to get the car running. There's so many other parts that make that car actually function the way it is supposed to function. So many Has, has anyone ever opened up the hood of your car and been like, Nope. The engine's still there. I don't no idea what's wrong with this thing. That's pretty much where we're at with her car, but there's so many parts that have to be functioning and and in part with each other, playing well with each other. They have to be dwelling in unity for that engine to run exactly the way it was designed to run. The mission of God If you want to review a little bit about what our mission is, you can find it in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. That's our mission. That's why we are in relationship. Making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to obey God's commandments. The mission of God is not an individual task. It's a relational pursuit. It's not only relational pursuit between us and Christ, but it's a relational pursuit between us and each other. You remember the disciples having the disciples? Jesus left. Yes, they're united because of their relationship with Jesus. And that's exactly where we're at. We're united because of our personal relationships with Jesus Christ. There's a unity that comes. In Ecclesiastes 4.12 it says, by yourself you are unprotected with a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third A three-stranded rope is not easily broken? Can, Can you understand that there's a strength that comes from unity. There's a strength that can come from our relationships. Satan comes and and, and attacks us as individuals. There's a reason why he does that. He separates us from the herd because when we're separated from the herd, we are so easily defeated. But when we are living in a Christ-centered relationship with the people sitting to your left and to your right you're in the herd. You have protection. You have the people speaking life over you. You have the people speaking God's truth over you. You have people praying for you in the backgrounds. We are united on this battlefront against Satan. We're united on mission with God. And it's only together on the same boat. Go in the same direction. That we're going to survive the storm. I can't. I can't do it without you guys, and I hope you can say the same. Third point: going deeper in relationships, surviving the storm together. As I looked at this, and I had like this analogy of, you know, this anchor and and throwing it overboard, and it hitting the bottom, and you know, really holding it strong. I thought about the first thing I thought about was you got to make a decision to even pick the anchor up, or to release a lever. However, it gets off the boat, you got to first make a decision that, man, I need to do this. So there's a decision to make, and the second thing, after that decision is made, in your head there's an action to take, a decision to make and an action to take. You got to you got to pick up the anchor and get it overboard. And that anchor then will break the surface of the water. There's a breaking of the surface. You have to make a choice. You have to understand that relationships are important, that God has designed you for relationships, that, that your ambition can only be done with others by your side. You have to make the decision, take the action to break the surface. That's the first step in going deeper in relationship. you got to make a decision and take some action. And then the next step, you got to let that anchor sink. you got to let it get deep. You can't, you can't base all of your relational things on, on very surface conversations. You can't, you can't just... Have social media friends and expect for God to be moving across the earth through your relationships. You can't rely on somebody else to continue to text you, or to call you, or to reach to you. You have to be the one that's willing to go deeper. You have to be the one that lets that anchor sink to the bottom. Where it it can hold strong, it can have the strength that it needs to have to hold you through that storm. In our relationships, we're supposed to put others first. We're supposed to invest our time. We push through those shallow conversations. We allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our relationships. And you gotta love like you want to be loved. You wanna be loved? First, love like you want to be loved. Have the characteristics of Jesus Christ in your relationships. And then once that anchor hits the bottom, it's gotta hold, it's gotta hold strong. And we know what that's supposed to be anchored to. Your relationships, if you want your relationships to be deep and to have the depth that they need to have, you need to add Jesus Christ to that equation. You need to be on mission together with the people that you choose to have in your circle. There's a mission, there's something more important than you. There's something more important than your wife or your husband or the person that you're spending all the time with. There's something that's more important than even your children or or anyone in your family. There's a mission of God that is more important than anything we could imagine. Imagine if you had a child and that child, because of somebody else's failings, didn't get to heaven. And I would, I would hate realizing that my child didn't go to heaven because just somebody was selfish or somebody just wouldn't say the right words. you got to make a choice to go deeper. you got to make a choice to be in this deep relationship with God. People. We can all agree that relationships take work. They can be really difficult. And they can hurt. Relationships can hurt. They can pull at your emotions. Me and our lead pastor, Pastor Kevin, we're, we are in deep relationship with each other, but we have had struggles. We continue to have struggles, but we are on mission together, and we continue to fight, fight for relationship that is anchored in Jesus Christ. Because it's bigger than me, it's bigger than him as an individual, there's something more important that we can do together. Who you are aligned with will determine what you can do with your life. I want to read Psalms 1, 1 through 3. We're almost done. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. We're talking about the bad company that's going to corrupt our good character here. But, though, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditate on His law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Who you are aligned with, who you are in relationship with has a direct correlation with what you will do or what you can do with the rest of your life. There are these trees called the redwoods. Anybody heard of them? Anybody been down to the redwoods? Man, they're huge. They're just, they're huge trees. They, I mean, hundreds of feet tall. And as I started researching that, I mean, they're along the Oregon and California coastline. That we have storms of 100 plus miles an hour, and you have these, these sticks that are sticking up like 300 feet out of the ground. How do they hold? How do they survive the storms? They do it together. Because their roots don't just go deep. Their roots spread out. And they interlock with the tree that's next to them. And that tree interlocks with that tree next to them. And that tree interlocks. And it keeps going. And they create these groves of of trees. And their lives interlock with each other. And they hold strong because they're holding on to each other. They hold strong because they're holding on to, re- to each other. Their relationship is one of a- a binding together and interlocking. And that's what Christ is calling us to. Our relationships, Christ centered relationships, that are anchored in this truth and this belief and this mission of God. So let me ask you three questions real quick. What changes in yourself do you need to make in regard to your relationships? What changes do you need to make? Do do you understand that you could be the biggest problem in your relationships? Do you understand that you have a job to do? If you want to go deeper, you got to pursue that. If you want to be inten- if you want someone to be intentional with you, you gotta be intentional with them. What changes are you willing to make? How can you better focus your relationships on the mission of God? How can you focus your relationships on the mission of God? How can you bind together with those around you for something that's bigger than anyone here? How can you challenge yourself to go deeper in relationship with others? I want to challenge you that the people that are sitting in this room I know most of you you're all amazing people and if you don't know someone else in this room your roots aren't interlocked we're not we're not together on mission if there are people in this room that you've never even said hi to there, there's a problem. We are all one church. We are all on one mission. It is so vitally important that we interlock our lives together in mission and in truth. And just like it says here in Psalms, it says, whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. <laughs> when you interlock your lives with other believers, there's this huge benefit of prosperity. And I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel. The truth is that God, God's mission moves forward when God's people move forward together. You don't leave somebody behind. We're like the Marines. You never leave someone behind. Amen? Amen. I asked Pastor Trenton to come up and I want to sing that, that new song again champion. Because as I heard it this morning, there is something, there is someone that is more important than anything else in our lives that we need to champion. And His name is Jesus Christ. And as we stand and sing this song, I want you to give it all to Him. I want, I want you to, to, to reflect on maybe some of the things that you need to change in your life. Maybe some of the things that you need to to realign because He needs to be championed. Not you. Because there's something bigger than you. There's a mission to be done. There's a battlefield that we're supposed to fight on together. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for our time together. God, and I know this is kind of a weighty message especially the way way I prepared it God that there's something that you've been doing in me God that I hope that your Holy Spirit is here doing in others God that there's a realization that, that, that we need to do relationships better God that you're calling us to more God you're calling us to action you're calling us to relate to people and to interlock with people in a new way God, because your mission is the most important. God, we don't want to be defeated. God, we don't want to be picked off. God, we don't want to be separated from the herd. God, so I pray that as we interlocked, God, that we would intercede for each other. God, that we would stay connected to each other. God, that your power would be in our relationships. God, and I thank you for everyone here. God, I thank you for everyone that's online listening right now. God, maybe they're hurting and maybe they've been hurt by relationships in the past and they just have these these doubts and these fears in in regards to to being in relationship with somebody else. But God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would allow them to break the surface and go a little bit deeper, God, and really anchor their, their lives to you first. God, so that their lives could be anchored to others as well. God, help us to live a better life focused around you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.